With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Hey, really appreciate you tuning in tonight. So the Ducks now leading the Penguins 3-2, five minutes into the third, nine and a half minutes left in Columbus. Blue Jackets lead the Golden Knights 1-0. Still 1-0 for Boston over Montreal, late second period. Senators lead the Preds 3-1, six minutes to go in the second frame. Islanders and Avalanche about to get underway. Monday night football, five minutes into the second quarter. Panthers lead the Saints 7-6. The Flyers firing coach Dave Haxtall today. Scott Gordon takes over as the interim replacement. Reed Wilkins coming to you tonight. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, just a couple of text here to catch up on and I appreciate a lot of well thought out uh, well constructed text tonight I do uh, read all of them unfortunately they don't get all uh, all on air because of time constraints but I I do appreciate them uh, this texture says I'm not upset at the refs it's Connor's teammates they don't play the physical game they should Ellen says not allowing great players to play to their potential because it wouldn't be fair to other teams equates to the same thing as giving everyone participation ribbons. NHL is made up of elite players and they are not all equal. Why not start making coaches play all their players the same minutes if they don't want anyone to be favored? over others and then Ellen notes heavy sarcasm on the last comment I, I think we got that Ellen that's a good text for sure thanks a lot for texting 63630 and Craig says it still feels like the Oilers lay an egg when it comes to playing teams below them in the standings you need to take advantage of those games especially when a team like Vancouver is coming off a back to back I think that's a very fair comment from Craig and uh, Hitch said a little bit more about the loss in Vancouver and really until there was 12 minutes left in the second period we were playing the perfect road game and 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 then we got frustrated and I said this last night to people it's the first time that our team got discouraged not being able to get to the inside and that's real kudos to the coaching staff in Vancouver and to the job they did against us because they kept us to the outside and they were the first team that would that did that and we couldn't get inside positioning and we got a little bit frustrated by it but I mean, it was a 3-2 hockey game. It was a hell of a hockey game. But it was the first time I saw from our team where we were a little bit discouraged because some of the things we'd been doing weren't working, and we got away from it a little bit. But 
we had a good meeting today, and we're I think we're back on task. All right, that's Ken Hitchcock. By the way, get more on 630Ched.com and back at it tomorrow against the St. Louis Blues. 5.30 face-off show right here on 630Ched. The game will start at 7 and more from Hitch as we roll along tonight. Hey, the Edmonton Oil Kings are in a three-way tie for first in the Central Division as they go into their Christmas break in the Western Hockey League. Now, once you apply the tiebreakers, the Oil Kings uh, get placed third, but still pretty good nonetheless. So they are right in the mix, looking very good as they march towards the playoff spot. And their general manager is Kurt Hill. Kurt, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Doing good, Reed. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, doing awesome. It's it's always cool to have you on the show. We haven't talked in, in a in a little while. Uh, I mean, you you know what the the topic du jour is. Uh, I, I'm not going to ask you for anything specific on it, but hey, you know you you know how this game works. You got a veteran coach like Brad Lauer who's been in the NHL, so you probably know if Brad feels the need to say things or deliver a message uh, gently in the media. I, I assume he's he's got the green light to do that because he knows how some of the gamesmanship works. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, if that's what he's got to do, he has to do that. That's, that's part of it. All right. So you guys have ridden a pretty up-and-down first half of the season. You've had a couple of great winning streaks, point streaks. You had some stuff, uh, you know, five, six, seven games where you weren't able to get a win. I, I, know, I know you don't want to go as long as you did a couple times without a win, but there, there must have been some character and resilience that, that showed through here. Oh, for sure. You know, I think it's um, part of the group still, still learning how to get themselves out of out of some stretches. We've had a couple tough stretches this this uh, early in the season here, so it's uh, every day the you know the groups get more confident in their understanding how to play in tighter games and and how to bounce back after tough losses. And uh, you know, most recently here we we went on a, on a road trip to Saskatoon and PA and lost both of them. And, came home this weekend and won both with a pretty with a pretty short lineup so that was uh that was great to see that our guys kind of rose to the challenge and uh, got themselves out of the funk quickly you mentioned having a short lineup no Trey fix Wolanski is was this just an illness or what happened here yeah yeah just a minor okay. minor injury on him and he's uh he'll be back after right after the Christmas break I guess we're fortunate uh fortunate timing for us right now we had some guys nicked up a little bit and uh they were at school home here for nine days and uh get their feet back under them with with trey i mean he's he's up right around two points a game he's he's been in the top three most of the season in scoring sometimes he was leading the league in scoring leeson's obviously having an incredible year but i mean the expectations were there for fix Wolanski from what you've seen how has he been able to be so dominant? How has he been able to take some of those expectations and just absolutely run with it? Because sometimes those can weigh down, guys, but he's not weighed down by anything, it seems. Yeah, I, th- I think with Trey, the biggest thing was when he got drafted in the summer when Columbus picked him, it was, you know, it, he started to take things even more serious to the next level. And, you know, that was with his uh, off-season training program and, and him uh, coming, coming to camp this year in phenomenal shape. And then he got the opportunity to go to Columbus and be around some of their leaders. I know he talked pretty fondly of Nick Foligno and this time he got to spend in uh, Columbus with him. So I think some of those little things came he came back with a little bit of extra motivation. And you know he's been our most consistent player in the first half too. It's, he gets a lot of his opportunities because he works hard and he he does that consistently every shift. So that's uh, you know some guys in our on our team we still preach consistency and he's sure. Uh, He's been able to find 
that for himself early in the season here. Yeah, well, and I've had a chance to talk to him two or three times, and he, he just seems to be absolutely embracing the responsibility and, and, and making the most of every minute as an Oil King. So that's really, really encouraging to see. I, I referenced Brad Lauer, you know, the head coach you hired in, in the summer, obviously some NHL experience both on the bench as a, as a, and as a player. Uh, I mean, you hired him, so obviously you thought he could do a good job. But now that you've worked with him for half a season, what do you think uh, is the one or two big impacts that Brad has made on the team? Well, I think it's his, his methods of communication. I mean, the guys always know where they stand. I don't think anyone's ever come and shown up to the rink and, and wondering where they stand with Brad. You know, the way it's pretty clear. He he lays it out. He tells you how it is. And that's uh, you know, for a player, when when you know where you stand all the time, it gives you a little bit more where you can just go out there and play and and you know and his his teaching he's not afraid to let the guys make mistakes and learn from those mistakes you know it's uh we play a little bit wide open at times and you know that's allowing guys to play with skill allowing trey like he's probably up there and leading leading the league in points right now because brad allows him to use his skill and try things out there at the same time so i think his willingness to just uh you know, continually teach our guys and uh, and let them know where they stand are two things that I've noticed here first half. You know, obviously in in junior hockey, the the trade deadline sneaks up. Is it still January tenth? Is that what we're looking at? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, uh, I know from all my years covering the AJ, that's the date it would be as well. So you know, you know that's not too far away. But you did bring in Andrew Fighting from Swift Current last weekend. Tell me a little bit about this young man. And and uh, you, you you told me earlier today you're pretty impressed with how he started off his Oil Kings career. Oh yeah, like I, I mean, anytime you add another twenty-year-old to your lineup, we had that spot open for for a lot of the first half of the season here. You know, I know we, it was in the plans to make sure that when we filled that spot, we got the right guy. And Andrew was somebody that we kind of targeted here over the last month, and he's he's an exceptional person. I think his leadership coming from a championship team last year, and just him going through that long playoff run, we thought he was somebody that could come in here and. Uh, and help and with uh, teaching our, our our players our core on how to win games how to win tight games and and uh, talk about doing a lot of the little things here when things tighten up in the second half and you know we instantly saw that this weekend he you know he was great in the face-off dot which we only struggled at different points in the first half of the season and he was you know he just brought another level of a compete factor and it seemed like his energy out there there were a lot of our guys kind of fed off that and we saw some guys here this week and kind of get get out of a funk that they had been in as well so that was uh, very promising to see with this for a few games here all right well great to hear you've added a veteran guy like that kurt hill general manager of your edmonton oil kings joining us tonight on inside sports matthew robertson a young defenseman going to the chl top prospects game that's going to be january 23rd in red deer obviously a lot of hype around matthew and uh, him going into his draft year and all that kind of stuff tell me a little bit about his and i think he was banged up earlier in the season too wasn't he how's it been going for him yeah yeah he, he missed seven games on our u.s uh trip early in the year he was a little banged up but you know he's i think a little earlier in the year he, i think he was playing a little nervous so I've, I've said before you know it's tough when it's your NHL draft year and you're on all the rankings to be a potential first round pick and you know matthew's got two or three nhl scouts waiting for him after every game to talk to him so i think that was a little bit of a, a learning curve for him just kind of understanding that that's going to be the expectation for him every night and, and you know he's he's just improved throughout the season here and uh, he had a great weekend this weekend it just seems like he's taken taking his game to the next level and we haven't had a game this year with our, our full decor healthy at this point so um you know he's had an exceptional start and we've relied on him for some pretty heavy minutes
minutes with uh, all the injuries we had in the first half. Kurt, I'm going to ask you about one more guy, and I've been doing this long enough to know that I think I know what you're going to tell me. I think you're going to say we got to take it slow and we got to temper our expectations and we can't put too much on this young man. You know where I'm going with this question, right? With, 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 with Dylan Gunther? I mean, is that, is that just what you're going to tell me? or Because how many games has he got into now? Oh, he's played seven now. And is he, is, is he capped at a certain number or can he keep going? Well, some of his games have counted. Two of, two of the seven have counted. So he's allowed to play five. Okay. Um, but five of the ones he's played already didn't count just because of uh, we've had some players away at international events and uh, we've had some injuries. So some of those games uh, didn't count against him. Okay. So like, he's the first overall. Obviously, he's, he's still 15, right? Yeah. Yep. So just for a 15-year-old to step in, and I, I know it's more about the future for him, but just uh, let let fans know about what they could be excited about maybe down the road for him as an Oil King. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he just took his... Having the, to be that young, having the ability to just take him game to the next level like he did here this weekend was, was fantastic to see. We, had him, we called him up in early November when neighbors went to the under-17s, and he got to play a few games on the road, and I think... He was just kind of feeling it out at that point and had a couple chances, but, uh, you know, and then this time, the second time we brought him up, we actually had the ability to have him practice with our group for two weeks and be around, and he really, you know, caught on to the systems and, and just the feel of the group. And I mean, for a 15-year-old to come and score, scored two pretty highly skilled goals this weekend with a, a fantastic quick release was it's uh, pretty promising where this guy, where he's going to be here in the next couple of years with, uh, with our group. And, uh, obviously, be a guy that's going to be relied on here in the future. And um, you know, he's got a he's got a feel for the puck and uh, and has the ability to score some big goals. And does he play any forward position? Is he comfortable anywhere? He primarily plays on the wing. Okay, um, that's where he's played growing up too. So he's. Um, at NAX, he's primarily playing the wings, so that's uh, that's where we envision him here, and that's where he's played so far when he's been called up with the group. All right, well, long-term excitement for him and definitely short-term excitement for you guys right in the mix for first in the Central Division. Edmonton Oil Kings 18-12-6 so far, 42 points along with Red Deer and Lethbridge. Hey, Kurt, thanks for being so generous with your time. I always enjoy talking to you. And from everybody here at 630, Chad, uh, again, thanks to the Oil Kings for being part of the Santa's Anonymous Teddy Bear Toss a couple Saturdays ago. That was a great spectacle, uh, and your fans got us a new record for Teddy Bears. So thanks for that as well. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, and uh, happy holidays to you. Excellent stuff. That is Kurt Hill, Edmonton Oil Kings general manager, checking in on Inside Sports. Yeah, they got some exciting guys. He mentioned neighbors. We're talking about Robertson, uh, Dylan Gunther, again, more for down the road, but he, he's an incredible prospect, and Trey fix continues to produce points. It's going to be fun here in the second half of the season for the Oil Kings. All right, it is 719. Uh, should we do this right now? Caller number... Caller number five. All right. Gets a, here's a nice stocking stuffer, a $50 gift certificate to Booster Juice. Caller number five, 780-496-0063. Uh, you can also call in to talk about Hitch's comments or whatever else you would like. You'll hear more from Hitch when we get back. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, who got the booster juice? Congrats to Lori. Lori, you got to come here in a truck 
because we're actually just going to pour $50 worth of Booster Juice product into your truck, into the back of your pickup. That would go bad after. Yeah, a while. when I said gift certificate, I totally was lying. Okay, we're just like we're just gonna like the booster juice has a uh, a vehicle like a cement mixer, and then it just pours out uh, pours out smoothies. So we're just we're just gonna unload that into the back of your pickup. Giant Vegas Golden Knights logo on the side of it, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jose Bautista himself drives the well. It's not a cement mixer, the smoothie mixer. So Lori. <laughs> I hope Lori doesn't believe me. You, it, it is a $50 gift card, Lori. It'll fit in your wallet, handbag, um, man purse, pouch, uh, pocket. Do people I, use I, fanny I, packs I, anymore? This is a great... I, I would now I, now I would like to see Booster Juice just drive around in the summer with a, a cement mixer that disperses, that dispenses smoothies. Like, is this... I come up with so many good ideas on this show. Like, for example, remember my idea for a couple years ago? Uh, uh, a Christmas tree that's a hologram, right? So you'd have something pr- probably, I don't know, it'd be like maybe twice the size of a hockey puck. Mm-hmm. I picture it. And you could put it on the floor somewhere and it would project out a full-size Christmas tree. Or you could cycle through different types of trees. Mm. And then, then this way, you wouldn't have to put up the tree every year, take it down every year. And you could move it around. Because right. all you'd have to do is move this disc around yeah. the living room. And it's easier you wouldn't to have to be like, stuff. oh, well, the tree goes, the tree has to go in that corner because of this, this, and this. So for the month we got it up, we got to move the couch and change the angle of the TV. No, you just got this puck. Well, they make holograms now for dead people. I mean, how hard is it to do a Christmas tree? Well, that's the thing, Kellen. I have no idea. Just don't get... <laughs> this, just, hey, don't just get because I up, have ideas all. doesn't mean I know a thing about executing them. Because trust me, I don't. I'm the idea-er, not the executioner. Ken Hitchcock asked today what he's most proud of since he took over coaching the Oilers. The players have embraced coaching. That's the thing that I'm proudest of, is the, the kickback or the, uh, um, the pushback from the players has been zero. And they've embraced coaching. And I, you know, I, I haven't tiptoed around it. I told them we don't have time, we don't have practices. You know, I'm, I'm so looking forward to having a couple of hockey practices to, to really start to drill down on things that we've only been able to show on video. But I love the fact that the players have embraced coaching. And by doing that, we're getting better every day. And that's what's really important for me. But without that, without the leaders demanding that everybody accepts, because the, the method I'm using is very direct. I mean, I'm not, I've got through the get to know you phase and it's been very direct and in, in, in trying to be in a positive way, but, but when I ask for change, they've given it to me. A little bit there from Hitch. Randall texting 630-630. He says people need to stop pretending that excitement matters in the NHL. It's winning that matters. Canucks fans were delighted with the outcome of yesterday's game. They didn't go to the game to see McDavid play. They went to see their team win regardless of what it took to achieve that outcome. The Sedins suffered through some dirty play and the same fans who complained about what was done to the Twins were applauding what was done to McDavid yesterday. Winning is the excitement regardless of how it is achieved. There's a text from Randall. 
Hey, we'll check in with a guy who's having an incredible season for the Golden Bears, Luke Philp, when we get back. A little more from Hitch. More of your feedback, too. Inside Sports on Chet. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. Well, the Ducks win 4-2 over the Penguins. So they move four points ahead of the Oilers in the Pacific Division. Blue Jackets beat the Golden Knights one nothing, so Vegas stays just one point ahead of the Oilers. Bruins beating the Canadians 3-0 in the third after two. Ottawa up 3-1 on the Predators. Islanders and Avalanche scoreless about 13 minutes into the game. Philadelphia Flyers fire head coach Dave Hextall. Remember they fired GM Ron Hextall a couple of weeks ago. Minor league coach Scott Gordon is the interim replacement behind the Philly bench. Monday Night Football, a minute left in the second quarter. Carolina at 6-7, and seven, leading 11-2 New Orleans, 7-6. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, we've been having some fun tonight. We've been talking about Ken Hitchcock's comments about Connor McDavid being uh, abused by the opposition. We've had Doug McLean on from Rogers. We've had Kurt Hill on, the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings, and one of the big guns for the U of A Golden Bears forward, Luke Philp, checking in tonight. Hey, Luke, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, nice to talk to you again. Now, are you on Christmas break already, or do you still have some exams? I actually wrote my last one this afternoon at 2, so I'm on break now. Okay, well, uh, thanks for, if you were going to perhaps celebrate or relax tonight, uh, thanks for putting it off by joining us on Inside Sports. Uh, <laughs> what, what are you studying? Uh, I'm, in my, I'm in business. You're taking business. All right, and is it your third year with the Golden Bears? Yeah. So are you, are you benefiting from the WHL scholarship program? Uh, yes, I am, yeah. Absolutely good. So we had Jim Donlevy on the show last week. He's going into the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame, and he was one of the key guys in really uh, getting that going and, and with it becoming what it has become. Were you always aware of that as a WHL player, or did you start thinking about taking advantage of it later on in your junior career, or how did it work for you? Um, I think I was always aware of it. I remember... Um you know, when we when I signed my WHL contract initially, um, that was a big part of um, me going that route. But um, I didn't think about using it. Not not like uh, early on in my WHL career. I think um, not even until I'd say my last couple of years where I really started to think uh, school could be an option after. So um, that was when I really kind of started to look into where I could end up. Well, why business? Was there something specific you were thinking of? Or, or are you still, hey, there's nothing wrong with saying you're still deciding because a lot of university kids are, are in that situation. But why business for you? Yeah, honestly, um, I think it's just uh, there's a lot of options after. I'm, I'm still uh, one of those kids, I'd say, that's uh, undecided. So um, I think there's, you know, many different opportunities with the, with the business degree from here. So. All right, Luke Philp joining us on Inside Sports from the U of A Golden Bears. 20 points in 12 games in the regular season for, for Canada West so far. And did, didn't you miss the first couple of games, Luke? Um, I missed a few. Uh, I played the first six, I believe, and then I 
I missed four there. I had a, a weird little injury um, a few weeks back, but that's all good now. So, um, yeah, I missed four kind of midway through there. All right. And in true hockey fashion, I noticed you carefully avoided giving the nature of the interview an injury, just in <laughs> case someone from the Manitoba Bisons is listening. I know you play them coming out of the break. That's okay. Uh, but, but I mean, look, you're, you're having a great season, a, a productive season. Uh, again, you had 40 points last year. You've been named the top performer in the league for the first half of the year. Why do you think it continues to click for you at the U of A, Luke? Um, I think we got a great team and I think that's, probably the main thing uh whenever you have a really good team kind of uh individual players uh, i guess get uh acknowledged or stand out so uh it's pretty easy for um for us players you know, we have lots of depth on our team and uh pretty high offensive minded team so um i'd, I'd say that uh that's the main reason right there you're 12 3 and 1 excellent record uh, but second in Canada West, Saskatchewan doing great again at 14-2, and two, so that rivalry continues. Uh, you, you have a new coach. He he has been with the program before, uh, not when you were there. Serge Lajoie went to the WHL. Ian Herbers back behind the Bears bench, but he is new to you. What's the coaching transition been like for you, Luke? Um, every coach is going to be a little different, uh, different systems and stuff like that. Um, I guess I think Herbie's a little more laid back with his style but uh both of them both Serge and Herbie are really good coaches um I've enjoyed Herbie so far um I think our team is kind of uh it's going to be a little different off the bat but I think we're really adjusting well and I think uh we're we're only going to move forward in the second half here all right you guys won it all last year and as and as you know from being a golden bear that's pretty much the expectation or or the strong hope going into every season you win the championship. Tell me a little bit about coming into this season with it under your belt. Would, would, did you have to kind of find a new way to be motivated, or was the instant motivation there to repeat? Tell me a little bit about that, Luke, because not all teams respond well the year after winning a title. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, we came back here. I think we're a confident team. Um, I think it's about kind of developing a swagger as a team. Last year, we really had that, especially, I know we had a really good start last year, I think, so in comparing the two years, um, yeah, I think it's about, as as a team, you know, developing that confidence and um, playing with that swagger, and I think we're we're moving towards that. I think we still have, you know, more to give at times, but I think we're uh, we're moving in the right direction. You guys are, uh, or you yourself had a chance to play against the, the World Junior Hopefuls. They Three games last week, U Sports All-Stars against the World Junior Hopefuls. They named the team after your third exhibition game. You guys won two out of the three. You had a pretty productive uh, series. Tell me about taking on those those players. And, and it's interesting, Luke, because I, I know those are the best guys in junior hockey, but the, the U Sports teams uh, generally do quite well against those guys. Yeah, uh, those they're really fast and uh, really skilled. Um, I think, I mean, we're four or five years older on average than them. So, um, I guess uh, when we want, like, we we expect to be really competitive with them. Um, I think it's good for us to play them. Uh, I guess we we help them with their preparation with the tournament. Um, I think it benefits them as well. They wouldn't. I think they benefit more from playing competitive games like that than um, than just say beating a team eight one or something. So 
they were fun games to play in. Uh, it was fun to go to Victoria this year, and um, yeah, we we played pretty well. Our team, we had a good, a really good team put together this year. So I think um, those were good, good games to play in. How many Bears were on the team? Uh, there was three of us. Who uh, who were the other two guys? Uh, Jason Fram and Cole Sanford. Okay, awesome stuff. Luke Phillip from the Golden Bears hockey team joining us. And there's another face-off game coming up with Nate. Now, this was a, a tradition for a few years, mid-'80s into the early-'90s. They brought it back last year, Northlands Coliseum. You guys beat Nate 4 nothing on December 9th, and uh, now you're going to be playing them at the Nate Arena on December um, 28th, uh, so you get right back at it after Christmas. And I know sometimes you play Nate in the preseason too, but what what can you tell me about being part of this face-off series and uh, taking on another school in the city that obviously you don't get a chance to play league games against? Uh, yeah, it's fun games to play in. Um during the Christmas break here, so it's nice for to be off school a little bit and get to play, uh, you know, a fellow team in Edmonton, fellow school here. So, um, yeah, we don't play them during the year, so I guess um, I don't know the rivalry's not as intense as um, one might think, but um, they're good games to play in, and uh, Nate usually gives us a good game. I want to ask you one more, Luke. I mean, you you played in the WHL. Obviously, you've played high-level hockey uh, through your teens, and now you're playing in Canada West. Is there anything like being the home team at Claire Drake Arena? What is like? What is that like? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, especially when we play those big rival games, uh, our crowd and the energy in the rink. It's it's fun to play in front of. Um, it's a you know to be honest. When I first played on the ice, it was really different. as tough to get used to i wasn't a big fan at at the start i found myself running into boards when i'd go to turn around the net or turn the corners there but um the more you play on it the more you like it and being the home team it makes it we make it tough for other teams coming in and i think we do a good job of making them uh hate to play there because we love it so much so it's a it's a really fun just rink to play in and um has lots of tradition, so it's pretty cool. It's uh, I can't remember the exact dimensions. It's a little bit smaller than an NHL rink, and I think the the corners come up on you pretty quick, eh? Yeah, yeah, those corners and warm ups will get you. <laughs> All right, well, Luke, glad you continue to do well. Uh, thanks for joining us here on the day of your last exam. I hope you get a bit of a chance to rest here over Christmas, and uh, again, you're right back at it on the 28th, playing Nate, and then you'll be into the second semester of the Canada West season. Congratulations on a good year so far, and we'll talk again down the road. Okay, thanks for having me. There's one of the stars from the U of A Golden Bears hockey team, Luke Philp. Great to have him on the show. Love talking to the uh, post-secondary players, regardless of what school they went to. We had three student-athletes in from Nate last week. It was awesome to get to know them a little bit, and the Golden Bears hockey team continues to be a powerhouse. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down-home Southern comfort food to Edmonton, along with other tasty treats. Salivate over the menu at northchickenyeg.com. Check them out in person at 124th Street and 107th Avenue. Uh, This texter, uh, Everett, texting in a little off topic, but does Edmonton still have the best ice in the league? You know what, Everett? They're up there. Uh, I will say this, the ice at Rexall, or Rexall, at Rogers Place has improved from year one. And I think there was, I know there was recently a survey, and I think Rogers was uh, looking pretty good. Hang on. Kellen, do you remember seeing this? 
Tell you what, I'll check it out during the commercial effort because I want to ask you, uh, answer your question and get to a couple other texts. More from Hitch when we get back. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. You're listening to 630 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. found what I was looking for here. Somebody was asking about the uh, ice at Rogers Place. There was a survey by the NHLPA, so asking the players, uh, I believe this was done in March, which rink has the best ice? 28% Bell Centre in Montreal, second place 21.7% Rogers Place in Edmonton. I, I, so this would be towards the end of the Oilers' second year in Rogers Place. 350 players voted. Winnipeg third, St. Paul, Minnesota fourth, Calgary Fifth, so uh, Rogers Place with a pretty good reputation for ice. It definitely has improved since year one. I can tell you this: it's freezing cold in the rink, leading for for morning skates and leading up to the game. Warms up once the fans get in there. And I, I know I talked to a couple of Oilers players in the first year when it looked like maybe the ice wasn't that great, and they said, "Well, it's probably average NHL ice." I mean, unfortunately, a lot of these buildings are multi-use. You got to worry about the climate that they're in, all that type of stuff. So, so as 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 important as ice is to the game of hockey, a lot of the games are played on a surface that isn't that ideal. But they deal with it. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. My name is Reed Wilkins. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. A lot from Ken Hitchcock today as he uh, went deeper into his comments last night in Vancouver about uh, Connor McDavid being held, about the Canucks uh, playing tug-of-war to defend him and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, and, and he talked about what is uh, unique to Connor when it comes to trying to defend him. I think it's unique to Connor. I... I... I know having coached against other elite players where trigger points are that you try to get them off their game. Uh, Connors is in a unique situation because he, because he comes from behind the play so much. And, um, you know, his is usually it's at the point of attack that you want to interrupt the player. His is well be behind the, the attack or sometimes well ahead of it, mostly well behind it. And, you know, if I was the opposition, I'd be trying to do the same thing, quite frankly. But, like I said, it's he's my player, and uh, I owe it to him. All right, that's Hitch. So he's putting this out there publicly. He knows refs are going to hear it. He knows opponents are going to hear it. We shall see down the road if there is an impact. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, you can't blame him for trying, right? He, he has to try. And certainly there are moments in the game where those of us who watch every Oilers game think, well, maybe that could be a penalty. You know what? Here's what he's trying to do. I I think the obvious stuff is called. He's trying to get a few more maybes go his way. And Rob and I often talk about this after games when when we get questions about officials. And uh, I'm going to tell you this, everybody. Uh, From hosting the postgame show, we could make every single show uh, about the officials and Rob and I don't want to do that we want to talk about big calls important calls you know say hey this is what we think and we, we try not to dwell on it and and the Oilers have gotten beneficial calls this year there have been games they've had significantly more power plays there than their opponents so we got to be fair here so I, I don't want to just turn it, this into let's criticize everything the refs do because it it's a hard job uh, so we try not to, but but because Hitch brought it up, it's 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 going to be discussed. 
And as Rob often says, if you sit and watch a hockey game and you don't care who wins, I'm assuming most of you are Oilers fans, so you, you just sit down and watch Carolina and Dallas, whatever, you're going to see a lot of 50-50 calls. Some will be called and some won't. And probably most of the time you'll say, yeah, yeah, I can see why he called that. Or, yeah, I can see why they let that go. That's how it goes. But Hitch is trying to, I think, win a few more of those 50-50 calls for the Oilers by getting this out there. And, of course, there's the gamesmanship that goes on during games as well. And I asked Hitchcock today, like, do you try to engage on with, uh, with the refs with little chats during games? Well, what used to work 10 years ago doesn't work anymore. We used to count. We got five, they got zero. Come on, what's going on? They're too smart now. And... Uh, yeah, I don't think you can have any influence on uh, <clears throat> on an official at all. But I, I think you you're still shame on you if you're not trying. I mean, you're trying you're trying everything you can uh, to help them or to help your team. And if you uh, if you can get them to at least look at things that you think are going on, you're you're going to try it sometimes. Well, that's a good way to put it. You're trying to get them to at least look. Maybe you say, uh, you know, the the ref sees McDavid coming up the ice. He sees a guy checking him. Maybe Hitch wants to wants to, you know, hey, the guys the guys grabbing his jersey with his left hand. So maybe the ref's going to look for that. Take a different angle to see if he can see if it's actually happening. I I actually really enjoy that part of it. With refs and players trying to work officials, you know, you know, I know uh, uh, Bob had John Shannon on Oilers Now earlier today and said, oh, you know, Gretzky uh, had to learn how to be a little more vocal and and let people know. Connor's pretty quiet; he doesn't do too much stuff. Heck, when he does, he gets an abuse of officials penalty, like he did against Calgary last year when he told him to go upstairs to review his shootout goal. By the way, that was Kazari, one of the refs who worked the game last night. Um, I I enjoy this. I I think the sport it's best to watch this in is basketball. And Kellen, as as you know, for six seasons, I did play-by-play for the U of A Golden Bears and Pandas. Mm. Um, So we broadcast most of the time courtside, and we were often right by the the home bench, by the Bears or Pandas bench. So uh, Don Horwood was you know, 12 feet away from me for a couple of seasons before he retired. You want to see a guy who could work officials. And, 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 in, and in basketball, like Ken Hitchcock was talking there about counting penalties. In basketball, there, there I mean, look, in, in hockey, there might be seven power plays in a game. So you're hoping you're the team that gets the four, right? In, in basketball, there could be a couple of dozen fouls or more in a game. So you're telling the ref right away, if it's 7-2, your team's been called for 7 You're telling them right away, right? Because those lead to points later on or, or if they're shooting fouls. So they're always counting the fouls right away. And, you know, the one thing I always heard, whether it were Horwood or, or uh, you know, Barney B. Craddock's the coach now, Scott Edwards is the Pandas coach, and they're always, and they're always giving the ref, you just called that at the other end. And now it's, you know, you called it on us, now you're not called. That's the constant chatter. I mean, there's not a lot of profanity and name-calling that you might think. It does get to that at some point, because sometimes a coach will get mad or will take a technical foul on purpose, you know, just to really get the ref's attention. But in basketball, with the three-ref system, you got one under the hoop, one sort of halfway up, and then there's one up high, often right by the bench. Like, I've seen full conversations between a coach and a ref in basketball 
while the play's going on because the you know the coach can kind of step a couple feet onto the floor. He or she's not really in the way. Uh, but but you, you saw some very animated discussions. The the late great Phil Allen, who I covered at Lakeland College in Lloyd Minster, w- once we mic'd him up for a game at the TV station in Lloyd, and we got some of the interaction, and he would try everything. He he tried getting a bit of a little bit of angry. He tr- he tried looking for sympathy. And one of the beauty moves Phil used to do with his players is so so his player would get called for a foul that Phil didn't like. And then the other team's gonna shoot free throws, and that player is is standing next to the ref resting. And Phil would say to his player, Don't worry, he's not stupid enough to call you on to call you that on that again. <laughs> so hey, he's not talking to the ref. He's talking to his player. Rob says, Reed, when are you going to broadcast inside sports from Northern Chicken? Well, we'll work on that. Tomorrow, hockey, 5.30 face-off show game at 7. Oilers will host the St. Louis Blues. Special guest host, Caitlin Osmond, world figure skating champion, will join me and help host the show on Wednesday. That's going to be fun. Thanks to the producer, Dave Campbell, studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. See you tomorrow. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.